Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. Matt Arnold sitting in for Jess Romero. He had to get up at four o'clock this morning to fly out and preach the gospel on the East Coast. <laughs> oh my. You know, you know what? Pray for Jesse's health because that's not easy what he's doing. He's constantly on the go. He's constantly promoting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And I'm sitting in the office with Matt Arnold. It's raining, but I got a worn shirt on and, and I'm very comfortable. And <laughs> Right. I know. I, I get it, man. Uh, yeah, you do. You've yeah, done you know, it. We're, we're the same age and I'm lucky to get to the bank and the post office in the same day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, you're going to have a great time here on the Terry and Jesse Show. Matt and I are having this conversation today. We're going to be covering what Bishop Joseph Strickland said in a document to the German bishops. He calls it Errors and the True Understanding of Development of Doctrine about the Deposit of Faith. I want to read part, most of this to you, and I'll tell you why. It's time for all bishops, all priests, to keep their commitment when, it, when they made that promise when they were ordained. And we're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about Nancy Pelosi's attack on Archbishop Cordelione over the opposition to abortion, same-sex marriage. And are you ready for this? Find out why Nancy Pelosi is not just asking for women priests when she was young. She wanted to be a Catholic priest, all for the wrong reasons, mm. and much, much more. And then we have our friends from Church Militant coming over. But before I do that, Matt, just an update. I think a, a, we call it the need-to-know file. We see more people fighting back and pushing back. Illinois high school schoolers, uh, yeah, they're facing a disciplinary action for throwing spitwats. I mean, no, for after protesting <laughs> trans bathroom policy. Now, that dates you and I, Matthew, spitwads. Mm -hmm. I don't even think they even know what that is. The, right, yeah. The generation. Like, uh, yeah, but I, one thing I can say is you won't find one going through a metal detector. So, no, yeah. no. So, <laughs> Something else we didn't have in school when I was a kid. Yeah, hundreds of these students out in Illinois are, are saying, no, we're not going to do this. And I thought that was good. Also, good to know, file, top female cyclist announces retirement after losing to a transgender man. I mean, her sister and family, they were crying as they watched a man finish in front of her as a top-ranking professional racer. You know, when are we going to figure it out that there's differences between men and women? It seems like this modern world we're living in is, just doesn't get it. Matthew, we have a long gospel, but I wanted to cover that because out of all the topics, the most important thing we have is God's Word. Amen. So if you could give us some soul food from the Gospel of John for today's reading, I'd appreciate it. All right. Today, the, the Gospel, uh, reading from the Gospel according to St. John, Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you remain in my word, you will truly be my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How can you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Amen, amen, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. A slave does not remain in a household forever, but a son always remains. So if the son frees you, then you will truly be free. I know that you are descendants of Abraham, but you are trying to kill me because my word has no room among you. I tell you what I have seen in the Father's presence, then do what you have heard from the Father. Mm. They answered and said to him, Our father is Abraham. Jesus said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works of Abraham. But now you are trying to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You are doing the works of your father. So they said to him, We were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. 
Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and am here. I did not come on my own, but he sent me. Thus far, the words of the Holy Gospel. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I love whenever he says, you know, um, amen, amen, I say to you. I always say, (laughs) listen up, man. This is what our Lord is saying. I just thought that one statement, uh, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Objective truth, truth. In other words, the truth that Jesus—who is the truth? Jesus Christ is the truth. Right. I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. I mean, that, that's, that's he couldn't have been any clearer. No. You know, he's, he's not, he's not uh, a way, one way, the preferred way. He's the way. He's the truth. And as he said, he will make you free because he is the one who can forgive your sins. And he who sins is a slave of sin. Those are the words of our Lord himself. I love it. And Matt, I'm all fired up this morning. I don't know if it's the rain <laughs> or this gospel. Hopefully it's the gospel. Mm-hmm. But I think about this, you know, staying away from sin. Uh, we've just had the spiritual warfare conference over the weekend. And I was thinking, you know, we keep telling people, stay in the state of grace. And people are saying, okay, well, I get, I get that. But think about what sin does to your life. It makes you a slave to the devil. What? Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and many times people say, well, I was living this sinful life for years, and I, I was fine. And I said to them, well, yeah, I mean, the devil doesn't need to mess with you. You're already you know, committing for, um, fornication, or you're already committing serious sins. What, what else does he need to do to you? You're, you're on your way to hell. Right. Now, that's when our Lord says that, uh, you know, if you obey me, you, you won't die. Right. This is in the. This is in the. Was in the Passion Tide Gospel yeah. uh, on Sunday. That's right. And and the Jews are like, well, you know, every, everybody. Who do you make yourself out to be? Everybody dies. Abraham died. The patriarchs died. Right. You know. And and he's. But he's not talking about physical death, which comes nope. for us all. He's talking about spiritual death. And when you're a slave to sin, you're dead already. And, and and that's the key why here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio, whether it's Matt Arnold's show or any of the shows, we're constantly saying, hey, know your faith, love your faith, live your faith, and stay out of mortal sin by receiving the sacraments on a regular basis. It doesn't get any simpler than that, Matt. Well, it's, pretty, it's pretty easy. I was, I'm always reminded of the words of Monsignor Robert Hugh Benson, oh, yeah. who said that nobody uh, ever missed heaven, you know, by uh, following the path of ordinary devotion and prayer. Wow. Wow, we got through the, anything more on this gospel. I mean, this gospel is fantastic. <laughs> well, we could do the rest of the day on it. Oh, we okay, could, but we we'll move forward. Let's bring the smartest guy into the room. Oh, Sheena ahead. And I just want to mention something to the folks here. We have a meeting today. Please pray for us regarding the convert course that my wife and I and Richard are going to be teaching our final meeting on how it, what we're going to use. But we're using Bishop Sheen's convert course. We're using, are you ready, folks? The Baltimore Catechism 4. If people want to get a copy of that, just call us and we'll order it for you. You know what? I'll tell you something, Terry. The, the uh, Baltimore Catechism number 4. I remember uh, <laughs> uh, uh, talking to a, a fellow a number of years ago, and he said that, uh, that he was really glad about Vatican II and all this stuff because he'd gone to school and he learned the Baltimore Catechism, yeah. which taught him what he believes. He says, but now I know why I believe. Nobody ever taught me that. Well, apparently his religious education stopped maybe, I don't know, probably First Holy Communion, maybe, yeah. maybe Confirmation, because the Baltimore Catechism has four volumes. And when you get to that last volume, the explanations are, are quite uh, clear. They're and, detailed. And quite yes. complete. Yeah. Yes, they are. Yeah, and that's why we're using it. And uh, I'm grateful. So just pray that we, we uh, and, and again, here's the kicker, everyone. We probably will eventually start streaming these talks because 
And because we're part of the membership of the Anglican Ordinariate, uh, we can have a 12-week class, and if the teachers say to the pastor, Pastor, these people are ready to be baptized, they get baptized. Hmm. So I would say if you are in Southern California and you want to send them to us, uh, and someone's motivated to get, I will call true doctrine, because some of the RCIA programs, not all, but Uh-oh. most of them yeah, don't I, really... I've, I've run a really good one for the last dozen years. You have, but, but, but uh, I it's think It's more you're the a, exception than the rule. It's an anomaly for that. I'm, I'm just being honest. Yep. So just keep that in mind. Well, here's what Bishop Sheen has to say, and I think it's, I think it's pretty appropriate for us in our world uh, today. He says, the man who does not believe in the future life has to take this one very seriously. In other words, someone who says, Matt, we're in our 60s, and this is it. Uh, so every day you better, if you want pleasure, you want whatever, you better spend your money, you better do everything focusing on this life, because when it's over, you have nothing. I feel sorry for someone like that, but there are people who live that type of life, right. and they think right. there's nothing after death. Right, whereas the antidote, of course, is what our Lord said, is you yep. don't store up treasures on earth. Right. You know, where, where the, the you know moth eats and the rust decays and, yes. and, and you can't take it with you. Store up treasures in heaven. Right. They're going to last forever. And as my mom used to always tell me as a child, uh, you can't uh, take any of this on this planet with what you see with you when you die. The only things that will go with you are your good deeds. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. thought yeah. this was this was something as a child that was drilled into me. And and I here I am in my sixties, and I still remember mom teaching that to us. You know, um, I just very quickly because I know we have yeah. a lot of stuff to talk about. Sure. But, uh, you know, I'm a medievalist. Of course, you are. One of my favorite uh, um, plays yeah. from the medieval period that survived to our day. Of course, there was a whole the whole Chester cycle of mystery plays and so forth. But there's a uh, a play called Every Man. Yeah. And it's about a guy who uh, God tells him he's, he's you know, has to die. He has to meet death. And and, he's, and he goes to all of his friends and his friends are, you know, uh, pleasure and yeah. treasure and, you know, yeah. so forth, all the people. And nobody will go with him yeah. until finally, you know, he meets uh, good deeds. Wow. And that's the only person that accompanies him to that interview with death. Isn't that interesting? Wow. Folks, I want to mention, I, I was told today that the talks of the of the Spiritual Warfare Conference are now able to be downloadable, video and audio. You go to, uh, let's see, vmpr.org, I think, and there are CRC, I think it's vmpr.org. Uh, no, it's, I think it's, it's Catholic CRC? Research Center site. That's, okay. where, that's where we... Thank you, Matt. I, yeah. Good thing I have him on my team. <laughs> CatholicRC.org is where you can get the download for the conference. Right, and by the way, yeah. if you were an attendee, if you were registered, uh, you will get an email with a, with a direct that's link it. so that's that you don't have to, you know, you'll be able to access them for uh, free because you already registered. You got it. When we come back... I want to cover real quickly Nancy Pelosi's attack on Archbishop Jorge Leon over the opposition to abortion, same-sex marriage. And are you ready for this? She's calling for women's ordination because when she was young, she wanted to be a woman Catholic priest. No surprise here. Stay with us, family. We'll tell it all when we come back on the Harry and Jesse Show. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Matt Arnold sitting in for Jess today. Matt's going to have another hour show right after this show. You might want to check it out. I'm hoping to have Matt tell us later in the show about that. 
And uh, this is kind of an intriguing article that we have. Nancy Pelosi attacks Archbishop Cordelione, <laughs> his opposition to, I know, abortion, same-sex marriage. And here she is. Last time I looked, I didn't show, you know she was in, ma- in ma- management. She says she's calling for women priests. And uh, what's interesting is when she was young, she wanted to be a Catholic priest. And when I tell you why, you'll be su- no, you won't be surprised. It's all about power. Mm. Surprise? Okay. But here's the thing that kind of concerns me, Matt. During a recent event at a Jesuit-run Georgetown University, okay, so first of all, it's at a large Catholic university. They're allowing some dissenter like Nancy Pelosi to, you know, supposedly self-professed Catholic. Yeah, not, not just allow. Okay, yeah. She didn't come to them and say, can I make a speech at Georgetown? They went to her. That's They're true. not just allowing it. They're promoting it. That's even worse. You got it. And, you know, they're um, basically um, backing up her fight with Archbishop Cordelion and expressing support for the idea of women priests. Now, at this Thursday forum put on by Georgetown Center, right, Faith and Justice, the pro-abortion former Speaker of the House bizarrely claimed that her political advocacy is pro-life. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Relying on a sort of seamless garment. Matt, the seamless garment was Cardinal Bernadine who mm-hmm. came out with it. Uh, I'm going to give people a background story that they're going to laugh. Well, this was in the late 80s. I happened to be recording a priest retreat with Cardinal Cardinal O'Connor, who's passed many years ago. He was the uh, Archbishop Cardinal of New York City. Mm -hmm. And when this was going to break, Cardinal Bernadine called Cardinal O'Connor and said, I'm going to come up with this statement on a seamless garment. I need you to back it. And O'Connell, O'Connor said, you're crazy. There's no equivalence. You're wrong. And I'll tell the media just that. <laughs> now, I'm recording this priest retreat, and he looks over and says, uh, you might just might want to erase that. Yeah, from wow. the, the priest retreat. But, I mean, that's what happened. <clears throat> so it's not saying that, like, uh, uh, like uh, the, he's basically saying that the seamless garment, immigration is the same as abortion. The death penalty is the same as dying of killing an innocent life. Right. Yeah. Well, succinctly, uh, the seamless garment says you can't be pro-life, or uh, there just, you go. just being just being pro-abortion is not enough to be pro-life. You also have to be anti-death penalty and yes, pro-illegal right. immigration and so forth. And yeah, and the uh, Cardinal Ratzinger, yeah, uh, sixteenth, when he was pre-clear of the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith, he said no, nope. that uh, you know abortion is the killing of an innocent, whereas capital punishment, rightly applied, is the punishment of the guilty. That's right. They are not morally equivalent. In fact, it's apples and oranges. And, you know, Catholics could argue against the death penalty, but you can't claim that they're morally equivalent. The weird thing that Pelosi has done... Tell us. She's not saying, oh, I'm against abortion, but I'm also against these things. She's saying, I'm for abortion, and but that's okay, because you're for the death penalty. Yeah. I mean, that's she's gone from moral equivalence to the, to just f- flat out illogical contradiction. And she's condemning people like Strickland or Cordelion bishops yes. that say, how, or, "How dare a Catholic bishop uphold the teachings of the Church? It's unheard of." <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, that that was her that was her speech. It's insane. It is. Why don't you really tell me what you think, Matt? <laughs> oh God. Well, here's hey. here's what I think. She talk, called. And she did. She called upon Pope Francis to, to you know, re-examine the, the re- women's ordination. Well, you know what, Terry? Mm-hmm. He can't. That's exactly correct. In 1994, and I have the quote in front of me, this is from Ordinatio Sacerdotalis on the ordination of priests from John Paul II, quote, 
Wherefore, in order that all doubt may be removed yep. regarding a matter of great importance which pertains to the Church's divine constitution itself in virtue of my ministry of confirming the brethren. That, by the way, is all four of the uh, things required for an infallible statement. Yep. He says, I declare, that's number five, yep. uh, that the Church has no authority whatsoever to confer priestly ordination on women, and this judgment is to be definitively held by all the Church's faithful, and that's the slam dunk. People said, no, 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 he was wrong. Congregation of the Doctrine of Faith, in response to doubt over Ordinatio Sacerdotalis, reaffirmed that it concerns a truth belonging to the deposit of faith. In other words, it's an infallible teaching. Absolutely correct. You, you know, and to, to, to reject that is to reject the Catholic faith. Well said. Boy, I want, is there anything more to say about this? Except, <laughs> Matt, she also said that when she was young, she imagined that, you know, she wanted to be a Catholic priest. And she said, every day, she said, these priests have the power. And she she wrote mm. this. I was surprised, actually, of transubstantiation and turning bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ. That is real power. That's the first time I would agree with her. That is the power of the priesthood. Mm-hmm. But it's not the priest. It's Jesus Christ. Amen. And, you know, something else, Terry. You, you, you hit the nail on the head to use the word imagine. She imagined... <laughs> That she wanted to be a priest because, you know, um, God is not man that he should lie, nor uh, like a son of man that he should change his mind. Okay, that's from Numbers. It, the reason that, um, well, <laughs> my my wife used to tell the kids, just like it's impossible for a woman to be a, a, pr- a physical father, yeah, physical, yeah. she she's it's impossible for her to be a spiritual father. Exactly. A woman can't be a father, right? Right. And I remember when Tim, Tim Staples years ago did a did a series of talks on ordination of women, and we were trying to think come up with a title. And I asked Betty, "I what remember do you think? it." And she said, "How about call no woman father?" I remember that <laughs> like, twenty years perfect. ago. Yeah, but but she, I mean, she she hit the nail on the head. Yeah. And that's the thing. Answer this question: Who has the right to be a Catholic priest? No one. Nobody. God calls men to the priesthood. That's right. So if if Nancy Pelosi wanted to be a priest, that's fine. She wanted to be, but God didn't call her. Exactly. And that's the point. Well said. I'm going to move on to the next topic because this is a a big topic, but I think we covered Nancy. Keep her in your prayers because... You know, she's in her 80s. Her exit <clears throat> interview is not far away. Yeah, who, who's doing? Who's making reparation for yeah, Nancy Pelosi? Exactly. I'm gonna, I am. I actually I lift her up every day along with the President of the United States because they're both baptized Catholics, and I'd love to see them they're actually lot, Yeah, they got a lot come to back. answer for. <laughs> yeah. All right, Bishop Joseph Strickland, who's going to be doing our show next Tuesday. I'm going to record it today and play it on next Tuesday. Right, regarding the Bishop, the Bishop Strickland Hour, every yeah, the Bishop Stric- most powerful radio. Yeah, you got he's the uh, we call him now over the weekend, Matt. I know you weren't at the conference, but we call him America's Bishop. I remember I was I was watching on on the oh, live stream. Okay, so, I, so I, yeah, wasn't that a great line, yeah. America's Bishop? Yeah. Why do we call him America's <clears throat> Bishop? And I'll tell you why, because as a shepherd, he shepherds people worldwide. Because what he teaches is not what Bishop Strickland. You know his source. He's just teaching the perennial teachings of the church, and it's refreshing in America to have a bishop who's not going to be quiet about it. Yeah, he mm-hmm. speaks loudly about it. So here's what he did, and Matt, I'd like you to read it if your voice is up. Because uh, gosh, Matt, you read the whole Bible for, uh, for, the, uh, <laughs> for Ignatius uh, Press. Yes, for Ignatius right, not Press, Ignatius, but, uh, for Augustine Institute. Augustine Institute and you've done so much over the years with St. Joe. It's the German bishop's error and the true understanding of the development of doctrine. This is something we might not get through at all, but we will cover this on the Bishop Strickland Hour. But 
Uh, let's 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 have you read it and let's give our comments. All right. Look, I, I'll just do like the first couple of paragraphs and then and and we'll yep. say what we need to say. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, it begins with a quote from Second Timothy chapter three: "The time is sure to come when people will not accept sound teaching, hmm. but their ears will be itching for anything new, and they will collect to themselves." a whole series of teachers according to their own tastes, Mm -hmm. and then they will shut their ears to the truth. At times now. (laughs) Go ahead. The Apostle Paul issued that warning to his disciple Timothy in the second letter. He wrote to him, certainly this time has come on other occasions throughout the history of the church, but there is no doubt this warning speaks loudly to the age in which we now live. And I'll do the next one too. Absolutely. The beginning of the letter of Jude, the Apostle uses the phrase, a phrase which is of great importance. The letter was written to deal with a similar smoke of confusion in the early church, as we see in the German church, mm-hmm. and are increasingly experiencing in the whole church today. Amen. The fundamental doctrines of the Christian faith were being challenged, and in some cases rejected and replaced by error. Jude writes, Beloved, being very eager to write to you of our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. The the, the comment that I wanted to make, Terry... Please do. In the first three paragraphs, he twice quotes from the Holy Scriptures. Oh, yeah. That is something that is uh, conspicuous by its absence in the synodal way documents of the German church. And not only that, the name of Jesus Christ from the Scriptures... Where do we see that in any of these modern documents? They leave our Lord's name even out of these things. Right. Well, they can't call upon him to witness to their right. teachings because their teachings are deviating right. from the deposit of faith that Christ and the apostles left to the church. Yeah. All right. Keep going, Matt, because this uh, is good stuff. All right. It says this once for all, yep. talking about the, the mm-hmm. Jude once for all, mm-hmm. the faith delivered to the saints. Uh, he says this still stands and it must be defended against some who seek to change the unchangeable. But that statement right there just got me. <laughs> the unchanged. In other words, you don't have what Cardinal uh, Gagnon and others have said, and I love when they say this, that you, no one has the authority to change truth. Yeah, that's right. And, and well, it's like, like the women's ordination thing. No. John Paul II based his uh, statement on the fact that the church has no authority to do it. Yeah. They can no more ordain women than they can uh, start baptizing people in motor oil. Exactly. Because right? it's a matter in form. I, I love this. Keep going. Uh, wow. Uh, uh, yeah. We must. Uh, even some ordained leadership are telling the faithful, mm-hmm. amidst all the smoke of our current theological confusion, that certain errant teachings and practices are a quote-unquote development of doctrine. Garbage. By the way, that's going to be the, the, the thrust of his uh, yes, letter. Yes, it is. Uh, but this concept of development is being improperly used as a cover for attempts to change what is unchangeable. Thank you, Bishop. Yep. Can, can I go back to, to uh, the very yeah. first oh, th- yeah. uh, paragraph? He's quoting from the Holy Scripture. Mm-hmm. Says the time will come when people won't sound, accept sound teaching. He says their ears will be itching for anything new. That's new. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you go in in the you read the writings of the popes from Pius twelve back, and there's a constant theme. Let it be far. Let novelty be far from the hearts of priests. Wow. Let nothing new be added. Wow. Only, only what has been handed down, and so forth. That that is that is a consistent drumbeat over nearly twenty centuries. It's unbelievable. You know, and and I'm sorry, I, I'm not, I'm not. It's just a fact. I'm not Matt, throwing, I'm not throwing the council under the bus. But that word new got introduced, and it became like crack cocaine for the Episcopal. It was like if anything was before 1965, it couldn't be good. It has to be, you know, new because what could they possibly think of that would be valuable to us modern mind? And you know, man, I read that, and I also experienced that. 
When we come back from the break, this is an amazing letter because I'll just tease people. When Bishop Joseph Strickland was ordained to the Episcopacy, there were 1,800 people there during the rite of ordination. And listen to this, Matt. The cardinal who ordained him asked him several questions, two of which are vital to his mission as a bishop. And every bishop was asked these questions. To me, this is the critical part of this article or this uh, statement that he's saying uh, regarding all bishops, the Pope included, they made promises. Wait to hear these promises that they made. You won't want to turn away from this, show because we're going to give you what all bishops make a promise and say in front of all the people at their ordination, and we're just going to hold them to it. Stay with us. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. Yes, I'm too tired. I'm too, I'm too, too inspired to be tired. I'm too protected to be dejected. And I'm too renewed to be subdued. We'll be right back. Wow, welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Matt Arnold, thanks for sitting in. This conversation, I feel like I'm at a restaurant having a cup of tea and you're probably having coffee. or And we're just talking about... I actually am having coffee right now. Oh, there you go. There you go. Well... I, this this whole situation that Bishop Strickland wrote this document on a letter to the bishops, it's a, to the German bishops, but it's to all of us. You know, it really applies to all of us. And this section where he's in front of 1,800 people before the cardinal with the rite of ordination, they asked him several questions. Why don't you take it from right there? All right. Uh, the, the first question the bishop asked him when he was being ordained, yeah. are you resolved to be faithful and constant in proclaiming the gospel of Christ? Yes. And second, are you resolved to maintain the deposit of faith entire and incorrupt wow. as handed down by the apostles and professed by the church everywhere and at all times? Can you imagine being asked that? You made that promise in front of God? Mm-hmm. Yeah, literally. It's, it's like, Terry, I've, I've often said, you know, I, when I got married mm-hmm. uh, to Betty, we were married yeah. in a Catholic church, but I wasn't Catholic yet. In fact, right. I wasn't even baptized. Right, I remember. So obviously, there was a certain amount of red tape involved in, in, sure. in that kind of situation. But, you know, we went through all this marriage prep. Yep. And, uh, and I have to tell you, as a non-Catholic, I was impressed by the fact that the Catholic Church was going to such great lengths, yeah. such great pains to make uh, their own children, yes. much less me as an outsider, but to, but to make their own children understand yeah. the gravity yeah. of literally swearing to God literally in front of God and everybody because yeah. <laughs> everybody's there and, and, and you know, the, the minister is there and, and our Lord is present in the tabernacle that you make, you make these promises before God, that it means you are going to keep those promises until death us do part. Yes. And in Matthew, it, it, he says that deposit of faith entire and corrupt is handed down by the apostles. And I like this part and professed by the church everywhere and at all times and as Bishop Strickland says, my response to both questions was a resounding, I am. That's it. That's, you know, everywhere in all time. That's the uh, St. That. Vincent Loren That's right. talking about the tradition. He said that the, the tradition of the faith is that which has been believed. What is it? Uh, semper et omnia et ubique. Yeah, mat- always and everywhere, everywhere. everyone. Yeah, that's a great. Monsignor William Smith used to always teach us that with his moral theology. What does the teach, teach on that? 
I'll always continue because I want to get some more of this letter in before we have to. Right. He says it was it was at this point that the deeper meaning of the phrase deposit of faith came alive for me. Wow. I also began to understand my role in magisterial teaching and my serious call as a successor of the apostles. Wow. To the ongoing attack, uh, ongoing task of guarding the deposit of faith given by the Lord Jesus Christ himself to the apostles and handed down since then. These two powerful questions and my response to them continue to guide me in my role as chief teacher and shepherd of the flock of Jesus Christ in the Catholic Diocese of Tyler, Texas. <laughs> that you, Teach, yeah. govern, and sanctify. The exactly. first duty of a bishop is to teach. You know, and, and they're always, I'll, I'll tell you, it's just, they're just like parents, Terry. You made that allusion to, to I did. a matrimony. Yeah. It's like you're teaching all the time. Yeah, that's right. You know, you're teaching by your conduct. You're teaching by the... the people you associate with you're teaching all the time yeah i just get excited because you know this is what every bishop has made a promise to and my comment on this is as a layman i've said this to bishops actually who have been dissenters who don't teach what they made those promises i said do us a favor retire step <laughs> down no in bet you you laugh i was serious do us all a favor and for you also because What's happening when you don't do this? This is a sin of omission, not fulfilling your promises for the priest or bishop. Yes. I'm sorry. That's a hard thing to have to tell a bishop, but I've told him, sit down, retire. Let's get someone in here that will keep that promise you didn't want to keep. Right. That's, and well, that's, that's the thing too. There's the other thing, and we always say this, we need to pray for our bishops. Absolutely. We need to pray. We need to make reparation. We need to make sacrifices Amen. On, on their on their account. Our Lady of Fatima, as you often say, yep. souls go to hell because there's no one to pray for them and make sacrifices for them. We need to pray and make sacrifices for our bishop because a bishop who dissents from the teaching of oh the church gosh. is forsworn. Wow. He, that That's a ticket to the other place. Exactly. You don't you don't make a vow to God, and then say, "Oh, no, it was okay. I had my fingers crossed." Let me jump <laughs> in and just say it this way, Matt. You and I are married. Our salvation is intricately together with our fidelity to our spouse. We're not going to get to heaven without being faithful to our spouse. That's just how it works, Matt. Mm -hmm. Well, that's 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 the, the thing about keeping that vow. Yeah, um, you know, he, he goes on yep. now to, to say uh, that Jesus made it clear in his charge to the first apostles to teach the nations everything I've commanded you. Yes, he did. And promised that he'd be with them till the end of the world. He's still with us by the power of the Holy Spirit in his church. He's the head of the church. We are members of his mystical body. We must teach what the head has given us to teach. Sadly, however, there are increasing efforts among some to deny the very existence of such a deposit of faith. And even by some in ordained ministry to change the unchangeable. Again, there's that That's phrase. Right. Perhaps the most blatant and obvious example of this error recently occurred in Germany. I affirm and support a statement issued by my brother bishop, His Excellency Donald J. Hying, on March 21, 2023. The entire statement can be read online in the Diocese of Madison's Catholic Herald. And I just want to I just want to give his Quote, and then I think we can talk about development of doctrine without, Excellent. you know, continuing through the, because I, I do encourage everybody listening to read this document. Go online mm -hmm. and, and, sure. and, and search for that Bishop Strickland's uh, yeah. um, German Bishop's Error and True Understanding of Development of Doctrine, because it's, it's absolutely worth uh, the read. But he was quoting uh, from the Bishop of Madison, 
to the effect of, for three years, the leaders of the Catholic Church in Germany have been involved in their synodal way, a process of conversation and decisions among the bishops and laity regarding church doctrine and practice, which culminated recently in three days of voting on particular issues. The majority sanctioned the blessing of same-sex unions, the ordination of women, and transgendered people, a fundamental change in the governing authority of bishops, and a radical rewrite of Catholic sexual morality. He adds, toward the end of this statement, no one has the authority to change church teaching, as if the truth given is malleable and adaptive to changing cultural norms. Such a path would lead to both error and irreverence. Amen. And irrelevance. When people express their dismay to me about the turbulence in the church and the many conflicting opinions about doctrine and morality, I simply reaffirm that the faith does not change. We have the scriptures, the tradition, and the catechism. And Strickland says, I join my brother bishops in this reaffirmation that the faith does not change. Furthermore, I thank him for the clarity and charity which was reflected in his statement. In this letter, I wish to address the effort to use a false notion of the concept of development of doctrine to change unchangeable doctrine. If I could just back up for a minute, Matt. The German church, are you aware that Adolf Hitler was the one who put the church tax system set up in Germany that we're using today? Are you aware of that? (laughs) I did not. I have not run into one person, Jesse Romero included, that knew that. Yeah, no, that's that. that. And, And you know why Hitler did that? He did it because he wanted to control the German Catholic Church because of Nazism coming in. He wanted to make sure they kept their mouths shut. Right. So, And, and the, the way to do that, uh, he figured, unfortunately, is to hold the purse strings. Follow the money. I mentioned, I did this uh, research on this, Matt, and I verified with a priest, a German priest from the Opus Angelorum, who, yes, told me that that is the case, and it's uh, for all the above reasons. Now, why do I bring this up? Well, you know what? The German church is one of the wealthiest churches in the world because I think it's seven out of ten people in the whole country work for the Catholic Church, supposedly. Mm-hmm. And they don't, they, and guess what percentage of those people who work for the church go to even Sunday Mass? Three <laughs> percent. Yeah. It's not just single digits, but the low single digits. Yeah. yeah. But I'm, I'm getting back to this. Well, and th- th- just, just one, one point to make on that is— yeah. The idea that the German church is influential, not because they have been successful in spreading the gospel, no. but because they, they have uh, large cash reserves. That's right. Tax money. That's right. You know, and, and that's, that's it. It, we're you know, going to drift into the difference between power and authority. Because yeah. they have no moral authority whatsoever, because they're not even doing the most basic job of, of uh, preaching the gospel. Matt, we're going to run out of time here because we're going to have our friends from Church Militant. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about your show that's going to start right after oh, uh, absolutely. In 15, 20 yeah, minutes? Yeah, for those of you who are listening uh, via radio right now, mm-hmm. uh, my program is on the Virgin Most Powerful Internet Radio. It's you know technically a podcast, uh, but you can listen live or uh, all the shows are archived. You can go to our website, vmpr.org, and access the shows there. Uh, but what I recommend is that you download our smartphone app, which is absolutely free. All the shows are there. Um, there's a ton of other materials there as well, prayers and and uh, and teaching and so forth. That's all just right there at your fingertips any time of the night or day. And, and so I, I recommend it. My show is called No Nonsense Catholic. Every week uh, I'm on for an hour live, and then it's archived. And this week... Going to be talking about uh, a number of things, including 
the customs and abuses that happen during Passion Tide, the final two weeks of Lent. Going to be talking about uh, um, Benedictantism, right? The idea that Benedict was never really resigned or didn't properly resign. Mm-hmm. I thought that would have gone the way of all things with the death of nope. uh, the yes, beloved no. pontiff, but uh, it has reared its ugly head again, just when you thought it was safe to go back on the internet. Benedictantism <laughs> 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 is back, and so I'm going to talk about that and answer uh, an email that I received just the other day. Awesome, and I just want to mention, we're, we only got through about 45% of this article. Mm. Bishop Strickland talks about the 1845 essay on development of Christian doctrine from St. John Henry Cardinal Newman. And he also comes with the 5th century monk and theologian St. Vincent of Lorenz. And the other, he just gives a, a great explanation on these, by quoting the holy men of the church. And he also quoting St. John Paul II, quoting the letter of Hebrews. There's just so much more in this letter. Yeah. I'm yeah, there's, hoping... there's a lot of, lot of really, really good information hope... and links to the, to the yes. you know, you can read the sources in their entirety as well. So, uh, very and, fruitful. And, and I want to remind you, Bishop Strickland, just in a couple hours, I'm going to go through this letter again with him, the author of the letter, mm-hmm. and tell us exactly why he did it and what he was trying to communicate. Well, let, let me give you the development of doctrine standing on one foot. Sure. Terry, it's like a Polaroid picture. It becomes clearer and clearer, but the whole image was always there from the beginning. Great analogy, Matt. (laughs) We have James on from Church Militant coming right back at the Terry and Jesse show to give us an update on the church news on Church Militant. Stay with us, family. This is the Terry and Jesse show on Virgin, most powerful radio. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back indeed. James from Church Militant is with us every Wednesday to give us an update on the news for the coming evening. James, welcome, my friend. Thank you for having me. It's good to be back. Uh, it's always good to have you. I, I know we just blew some people away when we told us told her the... Uh, our listeners, that it was Adolf Hitler who started the church tax for the German church, and uh, it was a way of keeping people in the church quiet when Nazism was taking over in Germany. And I, we had an interesting comment from our listener. He said, it's interesting that they never stopped that tax even after World War II. That tells you a lot there. All right, I'm going to have to move on. James, what do you got going for the news? So the first story I wanted to bring up is the... Uh, I'm sure you heard of uh, Bishop Rolando Alvarez in Nicaragua, who oh, yeah. was uh, thrown in prison I think, yes. for 26 years or something like that for threatening the regime. Um, <laughs> God bless him. Uh, the the uh, that that same regime, the Ortega regime, yeah. released this video of him in his like prison garb, as yeah. like as like a blue like jumpsuit yeah. thing, and he's eating, he's having a meal with his brother and sister in this like obviously artificial like like this constructed living room kind oh, of yeah. kind of setting it's just it's weird and uh you know the, you know this is obviously sort of a way for them to show hey see he's he's doing fine he's doing just fine look how happy he is he's smiling he's you know talking to reporters on the camera eating a eating a meal with his uh, siblings who are so happy to see him but uh, you know, and, and you'll see the video in evening news. It's, it's just, it's creepy and weird and wow. just so fake. Um, but, uh, you know, Nicaraguans are just not convinced from what we've been, uh, seeing and hearing 
a lot of people are just so obviously almost insulted by this. I mean, this guy was was thrown in jail uh, for, again, being a threat to the regime, is clearly just cracking down on, on Catholics uh, because they hate the Catholic faith. Wow. Um, but uh, yeah, just seeing this video, uh, all I can describe it as is, is, is weird. Uh, you know, it's it's so obviously fake and just a charade for them to uh, act like the good guys. Well, can't wait to see that. What else do you have for us, James? Yeah. Uh, so moving over to America now, we got um, the NHL. Oh, yeah. I thought this story was, was quite incredible when I first heard it. The NHL is announced it is uh, trying to decide it's weighing whether to cancel their uh, like pride nights yeah. uh, before games. So that's where you know the the players are dressed up in like sure. you know rainbow yeah. uniforms and there's rainbow lights on the ice right. while they're warming up before the game. And um, we reported on a lot of of players uh, who have uh, spoken up and said, "I'm not wearing these. This is Back. against my religion. Yeah. Um, I don't want to wear this." I'm not going, you know, I don't own the team. I can't decide what the whole team does, but I myself am not going to wear this thing. And, uh, you know, this this just proves that, you know, speaking up Push and back. standing up for what you believe back. works. Amen, brother. <laughs> it, 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 uh, all the major sports leagues do this. I mean, the NFL, the, you know, the... Uh, uh, National uh, League, baseball. American League, sure. <laughs> um, you know, all of them do this. And uh, I, I think it's like something like four players have said, we're not going along with this. And now the NHL saying, okay, well, <laughs> we try to put out this pride night uh, for every game. And the, the focus shifts from, oh, pride night and inclusivity to this player doesn't want to wear this uh, jersey. Right. Uh, so they decided that they're thinking about taking it down, which I thought is amazing. Well, that's just the point that you do with your resistance program at Church Militant and other places, you've got to speak up, whether it's at the school board. We need to be hiring people, need to hear our voice. And I think what's happened is we've had the silent majority just stay too quiet. So thank you for encouraging us to speak up. And and people don't know that, you know, these these players that get paid just zillions and zillions of dollars, I don't don't think they really... You know, are are confident that they the 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 pull that their voice can have and them standing up for something. I, I don't think they know what they can do, and they might. I don't know. They're rightly so. They're probably just afraid to speak out. But you know, I'll just tell them, don't be afraid. Just, exactly. You know, just go and, and more and more are happening. We had a, a boxer just come out and say the same thing that he said. Look, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. This is doesn't. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna follow along with this. This is immoral. It's wrong. So more and more as that's happening. James, what else do we have going on for tonight's news? So I want to go over to Rome yeah, now. Sure. Um, we, uh, our, our uh, Rome correspondent, Jules Gomez, oh, yeah. great guy, yes. uh, did uh, digs in on the story for uh, tonight's evening news. And um, it is a, so this group, this uh, traditionalist group, Put up posters. I saw that. All around Rome. I love it. Uh, yeah, with the uh, pictures traditional of. Traditional mask. Uh, Pope Benedict the right. Sixteenth, uh, Pope and, John Paul II, yep. uh, Pope Pius V, also, and, and quotes with them. Yeah, exactly yep. right, Terry. Yeah, standing up I for love it. the traditional Latin Mass and speaking out against sure. Pope Francis's aggressive dealing yeah. uh, with that. Right. And, uh, I think I think yeah, just laity are just just feel like they can't th- their voices can't really be heard by the Vatican, right. so they have to resort to uh, 
putting out these billboards and maybe Pope Francis doesn't like it, but we don't like what he's doing. But canon so, law, James, says as lay people, we're supposed to let our pastors know our spiritual needs. This mm -hmm. is only implementing canon law that the church has said, this is our laws. So we're letting the Holy Father, with all due respect, know that we have a concern. Think about this, James. You've got a wife and family, and you've got four or five kids going to this Mass for the last decade or two, and now they're saying you're not going to be able to do that. It's like you're taking away our spiritual life. This is just the opposite of what the Holy See is supposed to be doing in affirming us in our faith. Yeah, absolutely. And um, one, one thing Jules did mention is yeah, that um, this, this group um, has has you know, there are these groups, and maybe not this specific group, but like groups have tried to come to Pope Francis and say, hey, yeah. uh, we're concerned about this. We yeah. don't want you to get rid of the Latin mass. Can we please talk about this and, and, and you know, work this out? Dialogue, yeah, like they want to do all the time, yeah. but they just keep getting shut down. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, they, it, this is exactly right, Terry. I mean, they, they, they have to do this uh, because this, this is just the way of life that some people, some Catholics have have adopted, and uh, this is the thing that um, is going to bring them to heaven and, and increase their spiritual life for them and their families. You nailed it, James. Yank it away. You nailed um, it. That's, that's not going to help people. And that's why we pray for our leaders and our church. We pray for the Holy Father that he will confirm us on our faith because he needs our prayers because many times we have ambiguous statements from the Holy See, and as lay people, we're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, that's not what we teach. And so, just out of due respect, I'll mention the dubia, the four cardinals that came out and said, Holy Father, can you answer these questions? These are reasonable questions the church leaders are asking the Holy See, specifically the Pope. We just want answers, and I think we have a right because of what canon law says for the church. So it's about the last canon that says, what are all the canons for? The salvation of souls. And if certain people are being misled by by, let's just say, ambiguous statements, then that's affecting the salvation of souls. And that's why we raise our hand and say, excuse me, with all due respect, we have a question to hand. Could you please answer it? And yeah. I, I'm going to give you one more thing I'm going to mention to you. Bishop yeah. Joseph Strickland just sent out a document on the German bishop's error and the true understanding of development of doctrine. I'd love to see, uh, we, we're going to do a whole show in about two hours with Bishop Strickland on that. And he just goes after and says, it's the deposit of faith, folks. I made a promise when I was ordained as, in a bishop, as a bishop, and we have two questions that they ask. And those two questions, I have to say, yes, am I going to teach the perennial teachings of the church? Yes or no? And Patrick, or, uh, I'm just going to say this, James, that sometimes I get a little over the top, but I've told bishops. No problem. I said this. I said, Bishop, do me a favor. If you can't say yes to these questions today, step down and retire. Do us a favor. Because we have an uh, we have expectation that our bishops and our prelates, leaders in the church, are going to teach only not their personal opinions, but the perennial teachings of the church, and that's what Bishop Strickland said in his document. So I'm re re just reiterating that call to all leaders in our church that they made promises and they need to keep them, just like I made promises 35 years ago to my wife when I got married. <laughs> It's a simple yes. equation, brother. Continue. I, I, I got exactly. No, you're away. exactly right, Terry. Yeah, and it's it's a shame to hear you know, you know, prelates issuing statements that are just vague and kind of open to interpretation. Yeah. People don't really know what they mean. But yeah, you're you're exactly right. I mean, people want to hear the uh, true teachings of the faith. That's that's you know. Not only these, do, do they want to people hear that it. go to the Latin Mass go yeah. to the Latin Mass yeah. because they they feel like they get 
the fullness of the Catholic faith in the Mass, which is, you know, the, the greatest prayer you yeah. can offer. What was uh, sacred can't have. be unsacred later, as Absolutely. Benedict would always say. And, you know, James, I like what you guys are doing in the sense that you're uh, commenting on what's happening in the Church for us to be praying for our leaders. As you know, every Thursday we pray at our chapel before mm -hmm. the Blessed Sacrament for the Pope, for the priests, the bishops, all our leaders, that they will confirm us in our faith. So I would encourage all of our listeners— to take uh, advantage of what Our Lady of Fatima said, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. These bishops who are leading flocks away from the church, maybe they have just don't know, but they need our prayers. And I think you guys at Church Militant have been saying that since the beginning, that we need yeah. to pray for our leaders. We pray every every morning and every evening for them, for, yeah. for the uh, hierarchy, especially the USCCB. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's, that's all it is. <laughs> Got to pray for them. James, again, what about, for those few people who don't know about Church Militant's website, and what else do you have to offer to folks? Churchmilitant.com, I would highly, highly recommend. Um, if, if you sign up for a premium membership, 10 bucks a month, you get access to our uh, news content, which is generally uh, free. Mm -hmm. But uh, you also get access, for, for premium, you also get access to our theological content, apologetics, uh, you know, church teaching, all of that stuff is on there. Just an incredible wealth of information. We have a bunch of new shows rolling out, too. Good. So uh, a lot of stuff to check out. Church right. Milton well, well, James, I want to thank you for taking your commitment every week with us here on the Terry and Jesse Show. Keep up the good work, brother. Cool. Thank you, Terry. God love you. All right, I'm going to turn it right back over to Matt Arnold, who's been joining me here on the Terry and Jesse Show. One more time, Matthew, you're going to be going on for another hour. Can you share with us your show? And, and again, those people who can't get it on the radio, they can go to vmpr.org and download our free app. But what are you talking about for today? I'm Gary. I'm uh, today going to talk about Passion Tide, some oh. of the customs and, uh, unfortunately, some of the abuses yeah. uh, that are going on during these last two weeks of Lent. Also, Benevacantism Ooh, and a rather controversial question. I got an email. Can we call Protestants Christians? I'll give you a hint. The answer is yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, folks. Hey, uh, Matt, I'm going to ask you the question I asked Jesse. What state should we be living in, brother? We should be living in the state of grace. And as Jesse would say, you shouldn't be in the state of mortal sin. Don't even drive through the neighborhood. <laughs> All right. And as I say, Our Lady of Fatima, I just said it again. Read the message of Our Lady of Fatima. Go on YouTube even. read the, Watch the movie. Uh, this is a great message because it's all about a reaffirmation of the gospel. And Our Lady said, souls are going to hell because no one's there to pray and make sacrifices. Whether you're four years old or 104, we can all make sacrifices for the salvation of souls and unite our sufferings with the sufferings of Christ to help redeem the world. Wow. Thanks again, Matt, for joining us here on the Terry and Jesse Show. Stay tuned for Matt's show coming up on BMPR.org. God bless you.